Hey everyone, welcome to the newest episode of Care Listen. This is our first episode that's actually available on other streaming platforms besides Instagram, which is really nice. Um, we hope that uh, these podcast episodes are more accessible for everyone since they'll be on like a lot more streaming platforms. Um, during this episode, Far Emoji and myself, Dara, will be continuing um, the conversation of like being a POC in a predominantly white institutions and also be expanding on the topics mentioned in the previous episode that is on our Instagram account. So if you want to go check that out, our Instagram is carephs. If you want to listen to that, Fari Emoji, you guys want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Faria. Please excuse my voice right there. Um, I'm 17 years old and all 17 years of my life, I've been going to PWI Emoji. My name's Moji, so you know my voice. This is this is my voice, the one that that that's speaking. That's right your now. voice. Are you serious? <laughs> indeed, indeed it is. Yes, yes. Uh, so I as well am 17 years old, and all of those years, I as well be been going to a PWI. So me and Fari have a little bit in common. Um, Dara, um, aren't you also 17, and haven't <laughs> you also been going to PWI? Yes, I've gone to PWIs all throughout my academic career. Um, wow. So to kind of have something in common here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, to kind of like start the conversation, we're going to start with this like topic of this like discomfort being like one of the only POC and like a predominantly white institution, like just like the discomfort and like kind of loneliness that comes with it because I know for myself and I know Faria and Moji can relate, like being the only like POC in like a regular classroom setting is in itself already uncomfortable, especially like, I don't know if you guys get this, but like in AP classes, like like AP history, like kind of being the only black person there. And like, it's just like weird. Cause it's like, whenever we talk about certain issues like slavery or anything revolving black people, it's like, I'm the only black person there and like everyone else around me is white and already being virtual there's already this like disconnect so it just it's like weird I don't know if you guys feel the same way but that's kind of how I feel being like a POC like one of the only POC now I definitely feel that too and like even like when it's not a zoom classroom like we be talking about 9-11 suddenly everybody looks my way Mm -hmm. where was I before then huh why aren't you looking at me before that? But it's very uncomfortable, like having these conversations in our classes. Like, I'm sure you guys can relate. If there's a certain topic that's spoken about, everyone tor- turns towards like the kid of color who happens mm-hmm. to identify with one of those groups that is mentioned. So like, we're constantly like, you know, put in this box and we're kind of left feeling like, we're not the same as everybody else and like we're different because of our skin color like our culture our religion things like that yeah and I know Derek can relate with me because we've talked about this before but obviously we all know what happened at the capitol and if you don't know go google it I mean (laughs) you should should know at this point (laughs) yeah so um after I I forget what day exactly it was. I think the Capitol happened on the weekend. January 6th. Was that a week weekend then? Oh, that was a weekday, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. We had just gotten, like, uh, I remember we just got off school. And then, 
my teachers were like look at cnn yeah well what whatever whatever class day following that um me and dara both are in the same ap uh, world class not in the same class but we share the same teacher and that teacher fortunately is very open with us and honest with us and really cares for her students of color and she let us explain it, tell our feelings about about the situation and obviously the white kids in our class were not very comfortable with sharing and and a lot of the kids expressed how they didn't feel comfortable being a p- white person sharing while there's other people of color in the class which mm-hmm. is not other it's it's just me it's just, it's just <laughs> I was the only one. but yeah I was the only one talking in class for like literally an hour and however long classes and it was, it was just me and it it's like it's uncomfortable because no one really says anything after I speak but it's also like in this situation I felt like happy that I could I had a teacher that let me express my emotions how I really wanted to to my white kids in my class yeah mm-hmm. yeah like gonna kind of going off of that like like Moji said we me and her I talked about this it was like nice to be given the the room to like talk about it because I feel like it's really hard in predominantly white institutions because it's like it's only like mental health is only really considered when something in the media happens and my our AP world history class was the only class where we were actually like given the full space and like class period to actually express how we were feeling and it was like I think it was nice like Moji said like it was happy to actually talk about it like I felt heard like I felt like my peers were actually like listening to me because I'm the only black person in my history class and it was I was talking the most and and it, it was like the whole event itself was something that impacted me a lot but I had people like telling me that like this really resonated with me like what you said really sat with me and made me think and I think it's like everyone deserves that space you know like regardless if something happens in the media like everyone really deserves that space because I know talking about it in care and talking about it in that class really helped me kind of come to terms with what every like what was going on and then also being able to relate because I know when we talked about it with care I was able to relate with Faria, Moji, like all the other people in that like um group and all the other members hearing how they feel and like connecting it to how I felt was really like liberating because it's like I'm not alone dealing with this internal conflict and struggle of like fear and like being scared and everything like that like knowing other people around me and my peers feel the same way was something that like made me feel good because I'm not the only one and I think that needs to be people need to pay attention more and like need to shed light on that more because it's something that affects us a lot and like I don't know if Aria Moji want to go more in depth with that but like events like these is stuff that like affects our mental health so much to such a big extent and I feel like it's not considered to the considered to the extent that it should be by like peers and teachers and I was glad that our AP world class we were given the space to like express how we felt. Yeah I can 100% agree and it's unfortunate that at that at least for me that teacher was the only one that brought up what happened at the Capitol and and gave us a safe space to discuss and really, really get in touch with our feelings. And that's why it's so it's so important and so fulfilling and, and heartwarming that we have care because this is where I come to. This is where I come to rant. This is where I come to, mm-hmm. to let off all my emotional distress from being a person of color in a predominantly white institution. And it's unfortunate that if we didn't have care, I would be lost. And mm-hmm. that's really unfortunate that I had to build myself 
uh, a safe place. Safe place. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, do you guys want to talk on that too? How Kara has helped you with your mental health as a person of color? Or you can go ahead. I think for like, I'm just gonna go back to the Capitol real quick. Like, I was actually on the phone with Dara when we saw everything happening. Like, we were. I was watching the live news feed, and I was like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" And like the moment that I saw them like break the windows of the Capitol, like chills ran down my spine because I was like, holy crap, like this is actually happening. This is something that's happening in the country that I'm living in. Like, what is this going to lead to? The day after everything happened, we talked about it in every single one of my classes, but it was only the people of color talking about how they felt. And there was only one class where I wanted to say something and that was my AP world class. I don't have the same teacher. And my teacher is known for like being super fact oriented. And he'll be like, if someone's sharing an opinion, he'll like run back to that. And he'll be like, but this, this, and this, 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 this history, history. And then like in every other class, I was a little scared to share. Cause like all of my peers are white. I don't want them to like, you know, make me feel weird like the fact that I wasn't even comfortable sharing in my own class after my teacher asked us to share if we were comfortable like that's so sad but in my AP world class I shared right away because I wanted to make some points and they actually one of them actually tried arguing with me and bringing up the Black Lives Matter protests and how those were riots Mm -hmm. but there's a difference between rioting for your life and rioting because your favorite Cheeto did not get reelected like there is a big difference and like she brought up like target burning down target is a million dollar franchise there are multiple locations all across the world i don't think they're worried about one store being burnt down in protest of people's lives so that's where like there's a there's a line drawn like there's a line drawn between the students of color and Mm-hmm. white students they separate themselves from us it's like the self-segregation that I always talk about like we're self-segregating mm-hmm. and it's like not even sometimes it's intentional sometimes it's not but oftentimes it's not intentional and it still happens because we're so used to it in BWIs because the white kids always leave us out of these discussions and we're so scared to share yeah like to kind of go off of that like that vulnerability like aspect of it like I was I it's hard to kind of be vulnerable in front of white people sometimes because you don't know if they're really going to understand if they're going to try to defend like everything else that you're trying to like like speak against if that makes sense like you, you don't know the reaction and I think that was like one of the reasons why I was kind of like hesitant to talk and I feel like it's kind of it's kind of sad because it's like I don't know how to phrase this. It's like, we're considered brave for like being open and speaking about certain issues in front of such a impressionable white audience, if that makes sense. When it's like, I just want to talk about these things in front of people and just get them to understand and get them to listen. And I feel like that's kind of what happens a lot with like what happened in the class where we talked about the Capitol and then what Moji said about care. I feel like in care, we've created a space that's ensured that people are allowed to be vulnerable if they really want to. And I think that is such an important thing when like leading a club like here, where we we talk about intersectionality and overlapping issues regarding social identity, social justice, like anything like that. 
And I think like people have expressed it to the leaders like me, Fari Emoji and everyone else. They've expressed like, they're glad that they have a space like care because there's really no other spaces at PHS where people feel as comfortable as they do in care. And it makes me happy to know that people enjoy coming to care because they get to let a, like get to let everything out, get to talk to us, get to like get to relate. And it's not kind of like a we teach you, you take that knowledge and then move forward, but we have conversations, insightful conversations. And that's one of, I guess, the many, not I guess, like I know one of the best benefits of leading a club like care is hearing people feel so liberated to talk about everything that goes on in their life. Cause it's, it's, it's a lot, like it sits on your chest. Like from the moment we're born to now, it just sits and it like marinates, it marinates. And then we're like, what do we do with all of these emotions? Like all of this fear, everything that we're going through. And it's like, everyone just dumps it all out in care. And I love that. Like everyone's given the space to do that. And I've done that many times. Like I've even cried during meetings. Like it's just one of those things where it's like, you feel relief after talking, like after expressing and talking about all your feelings and all your stories. Yeah, and it's not even like just you like getting your emotions out. It's also like, it's so fulfilling to know that you're helping other people. It's like, we're doing our purpose. Like, this is what we made care to do. Like, we, we made care to let people have a safe space to educate people. And it's so nice and, and heartwarming. And it, it brings me so much joy to know that we're doing our purpose and we're doing it well. Um, exactly. Do you guys want to move on to our, our next part of the podcast? Yeah. Um, okay. So to introduce the next topic, um, I know we all can speak about the microaggressions going from like elementary school to middle school to high school, all of the, like, it just, I talk about this a lot. I even emphasized it um, in the last meeting that we had um, about this, like, entitlement and this ignorance that a lot of white people possess in PWIs they they feel entitled to the point where it's like you owe them niceness if they do something wrong you owe them education if they do something wrong where it's like we're old enough to know right from wrong racism from not being racist you know and another thing is just this ignorance like at, I was experiencing microaggressions in elementary school like five years old six years old seven years old like that young just because white people live in this bubble of like ignorance and privilege that they don't understand that their words hurt. Like you see people in media, they'll be like, I've grown, I've changed, but your words stuck to the people of color that you ridiculed throughout school. Like you've changed, good for you, but I've carried all of those things you said with like to me as a burden and as something that I constantly reflect on. I feel like that's one of those things that allies need to like realize. And I feel like in PWIs, it's just, especially like, um, they don't like I try to like you know listen they talk over you when you do share your experiences it's very it's just like um uh one thing we were talking about um today in one of our community circles is the the mixing up of uh, people of the same race or people that you know just this whole thing like I've been called uh moji all these other black people's names I've been assumed to be cousins to other black people um like all of this, these stuff, like this stuff, like pronouncing my name wrong, but not, and not having the like decency to actually get it right. You know, all of these different things um, being called racial slurs. I think we're related. Um, yeah. Like you're about to say, I think we're related because we're just black. Yeah. It's just us, but other people in our group. Exactly. And it's just like, it's annoying, like having to constantly defend yourself while also dealing with school. Like it's so much. Yeah constantly having to defend your identity 
like yeah. why for you to tell me who I am you know what I'm saying and it's Definitely. not even just like the names that's like questioning your I- identity it's like the it's like the like drilling you into your stereotype that's mm-hmm. questioning your identity if you get what I'm saying yeah okay like, trying to like put you in this box like I think yeah. I just mentioned this like putting everyone and grouping everyone and grouping you along with everyone else into this box that you that doesn't even permit you to be like your own individual person if that makes sense exactly there is no sense of individuality when you go to a pwi you're always grouped with people of the same race and it's so sad and like you rarely ever see interracial friend groups mm-hmm. and like that going back to that one... idea of self-segregation Yep. Uh, and then kind of going, I know me and Moji deal with this a lot in middle school, asking for, in quotations, because y'all can't see me, but this N-word pass, this, oh, can I say it? And I remember being like literally bombarded with just white people in middle school being like, can I say it? Please. Like, Dara, I, I want to, or if I- Why do they want to say it so bad? It's I know, it's, it's so weird. It's just like, why do you want that in your vocabulary in the first place? I Like, and- um what's it called and I remember oh I would catch someone saying it they'd be like oh no I got the n-word pass from this person it's like what, like, what, what? is this does that make it yes. best? Like, is this like, and then and then they use that excuse oh like my friend is black I can say does that one black person stand for the entire black community Do exactly you the entire black the oppression community? that we felt for the past 400 years just because they they told you you could say it suddenly everything bad that has ever happened to black people just suddenly disappears from the planet of the earth <laughs> yep <laughs> like it's just it, it, was, it was it's just like tiring like it's just genuinely like like especially when you're like what were we in middle school like 12 13 like just having people bombard you like at that age when you yourself don't even understand the concept of like social identity social justice because I remember in like middle school especially sixth and seventh grade I wasn't really that conscious of everything that went around like revolved around social identity like I had the premise of it because I am black and I've experienced microaggressions but it's like you don't have you don't grasp the full concept so when people come and and say all of these things to you it's like what do you say like how do you react like you don't even understand it yourself and then these people are bombarding like it's just it's so like chaotic um um, Uh, your complexes yes savior complexes um i see it a lot more in high school than i do ever before i think I, we see it more now because it's more in trend and quotation marks because everyone wants to be you know oh i'm i'm an advocate i'm an advocate but we that's why we see a lot of performative activism now mm-hmm. and a lot of people that um self-proclaim like, that they're an ally like mm-hmm. if you call you if you like outwardly go and say I'm an ally to people of color and minorities. Mm. Um, chances are you are definitely not an ally. You are more so a pro performative activist. Yeah, like if you have to go out of your way to say that you support, like you center yourself around the activism you do, like you make yourself the focal point when it's not, that's not the point of it. You're not you're not an ally and if I feel your like that's... activism is centered around yourself it's not activism it's supposed exactly. to be for everyone else you're and supposed to be helping other people I I know over over the summer um when a lot of stuff was going on because of George Floyd like all everyone's getting 
more involved in social justice. I remember people at our school would say a lot of dumb things on posts. And I remember um, like, it's like, it's like whenever someone says something dumb and they're caught, they find their token black person to go apologize to. And I remember getting a DM from so many people over the summer being like, I'm so sorry for what I said, this, this, and that. It's like, like, you know, like, it's just, that's like weird. Like, yeah, it's I like- got one of those, but like, it was from someone like from middle school that I used to be friends with. And like, he was just apologizing because he had learned. So like, there's clearly a difference between yeah, that. Yeah, like if you do something dumb recently and then you apologize to your token people of color that you think will accept it instead of just a publicly apologizing or um, making amends publicly, like you feel the need to, when it doesn't even affect me, if that makes sense. But not even just that, just the George Floyd, or not George Floyd, I'm sorry, the Pop Smoke situation and then like all of them just like reset to all the black people. And- yeah, like like that, that's what I'm, like that's what I'm um, trying to get at is like, I don't know what you would call it. Um, have you guys ever seen that TikTok where it's like, what feels, what's something that feels illegal, but that's not actually illegal? Yeah, I've seen those. Like, like, like relate that to this, like, it feels like, it, it like leaves a little bit of like a dispute. It's not allowed. It does not yeah. feel allowed. Yeah, like when, when people like reach like during like with the situation that happened at our school and then a lot of the kids reached out to me about um the situation saying they're sorry and it like it it just felt weird like it just, yeah like it didn't feel right that that you're gonna like write a list down of all the black people in our school and reach out to them it's it just doesn't like how do you think that's gonna fix everything you've just done and it's like and it's like the my whole thing is like half the time I don't even like really know these people yet they're reaching out to me to like apologize and and in like Fari said it's different when um you've been ignorant in the past and you like your past like yeah you're reaching out you acknowledge what you did in the past but like in the past meaning like a while ago but then you do something fresh you compile like a list or you figure out in your mind who you're going to reach out to and then just apologize to them instead of taking account like accountability publicly like if you did something mean to me in middle school and you reach out to me that's different than you doing something that um uh offends a whole community and you reach out to your select people from that community if that makes sense like like i don't like what do i do with this like i don't know you like that to really even have you like apologize publicly like i don't like uh, like it just doesn't make sense going back to like the n-word pass and everything i know i said this in like friday's meeting but like you want the n-word pass but will you advocate for your black friend who is giving you the n-word pass will you advocate for your lgbtq friend who gives you the pass to save a slur like you don't care about these people until it comes to your benefit like and what and what benefit is even saying a racial slur like why do you want to add this to your vocabulary so bad? There was nothing good about that word. And Black people only say it because they're taking it back. They're reclaiming the word. And that is their right because they were oppressed with it for so long. And I know someone said something to Dara, like, you can't blame slavery. You can't say what happened 400 years ago uh, still applies today. Trauma passes down generally. Generational, generational. trauma. It's, it's not, such an easy concept. I don't, you know? 
it's not even just it's not even emotional trauma it's like systematic racism like if your relative for someone to kind of tell me to my face tell a black person to their face that stuff that happened 400 years ago cannot connect to what happens now is just like the entitlement like white entitlement like that's literally right in your face like how entitled do you have to feel to tell a black person how they should feel about a subject Mm -hmm. and then kind of going off of that that same person told me that oh if you're if you're nice to me um maybe if you're more nice to me uh, next time I won't be as hostile because I was calling them out and it's like first off why is there a next time there shouldn't be next time why exactly and like it's just like no one when you're in the wrong when you're caught being racist homophobic transphobic anything like that just being blatantly ignorant no one owes you niceness and no one owes you education because at this age we know right from wrong and to kind of put on put on like the mask that like you're mis you're not educated enough and you think that someone that calls you out owes you education that you can't take that upon yourself and take the initiative is just like that entitlement like who do you think you like who do you think you are like I don't owe you niceness when you say something about slavery and say that it can't impact individuals that live today like that's just like I will never understand it and I feel like that's such a big thing um is um people and white people at predominantly white institutions just feel so entitled to tell black people and tell people of color how to feel when something comes up when situations like this come up situations of injustice in the media in school locally all this stuff they feel entitled to tell black people how they feel or feel entitled enough to talk over black people or poc in general it's just annoying very frustrating and they get the they get the privilege like for this person to say that systematic racism or doesn't exist and and they say like the fact that you can say every single percentage of like what you are that's your privilege Mm -hmm. no that's literally all you need to know where was i going with this (laughs) oh okay now i know i'm going with this but the fact that i still go to school and still experience microaggressions proves how they're still it doesn't matter if you're systematically oppressed it doesn't matter if if your family was brought on those ships 400 years ago to kind of like i read an article about um in ap world history and it's every like america has always been a hierarchy it's always been inferior and superior it's always been white and black and it's always been just a hierarchy of these people are on the top and these people are on the bottom. So to come to a black person and say that that does not affect black people today, and that is not something that black people or just POC in general should care about is just so incorrect because it's been a thing. If you were different than what was considered normal at the time, you are considered inferior. And that is just such a not a complex concept to understand is that there's always going to be an inferior and a superior unless we actually start to acknowledge that there's an inferior and superior and actually work towards progress and creating change and to like come in my face or come text me and say all of that stuff is just like you're so entitled like that's just literally you get to live in ignorance in this bubble of ignorance that literally harms POC and harms the mental health of POC like it's like it's like mind-boggling and it's really frustrating to kind of see that unfold so much the next topic is kind of like growing up and like 
like that whole aspect of like dating and crushes and like colorism because I know at our school it's really we're, we're already like our uh, dating choices are already limited as it is because we're in a predominantly white institution and usually relationships that are same race or same ethnicity it's usually because of shared experiences because of the fact that they are that race if that makes sense and I feel like it's so hard because the POC already have colorist views because they've kind of been conditioned to go towards the white, uh, white people, white girls, white men, all of this. And it's, it's really hard. Like, and, and I, and I always, I used to talk about this a lot with my friend, like this, like, do they even like black girls? Do they even like this kind of girls? Like the fact that's even a question because it's not like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, do you guys get what I'm saying? Yeah, or if, like, you, like, start, like, liking someone or feel, having feelings for something, like, you're, oh, oh, that person's cute, but you're, like, it's so, like, unsettling that we think to ourselves, oh, do, do they like black girls? Oh, they probably don't like black girls. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. even Like, the fact that we have that trauma inside of us that tells us, like, it's not worth it to go for because of the fact that we're black, and, and we have that, like, uh, what's the word? We have that, what's the word? Un- un- unconscious, like, thought, like, subconscious feelings we have subconscious thought that um that like black is not like we're not beautiful Mm -hmm. enough to be with a white person like that and just like poc in general Mm -hmm. like if you it's like the more that you stray from the eurocentric ideals and beauty because like you know in the black community like everyone loves light skin girls like and i feel like afar if you want to add on for your community but i like in the black community it's like everyone likes white skin girls because they have less tighter curls and they have these green and blue eyes and they have lighter skin and this like um light brown uh, blonde hair like these these white eurocentric features that people have kind of been conditioned to like because throughout history we've painted dark and black and color that's darker than white as ugly and all of this and that and then we say we associate anything with looking white or looking similar to white as beautiful and i feel like that's a really big thing in pwis i don't know if i'm like for my community for my community it's like she has to be tall and she has to know how to cook and she has to know when to be quiet and she has to have straight hair and a small nose and nice lips, nice eyebrows, nice colored eyes. Like, first off, the dudes who say this stuff aren't even like all that themselves. They, they don't have any room to talk. They look like Dobby, uh, but, but um, the, point, the point is that we have limited options and like, this doesn't like all women of color have to sit down and think wait a minute does he even like or does she even like girls of color or do they even like girls of color because we've been constantly isolated from like other groups of people this self-segregation idea keeps coming back into um play but like we've separated ourselves so subconsciously and like interracial couples are fine if you are a black girl dating a white person go you you get it girl but 
um, it's very rare to see because the white boys at our school, they have this little bias thing and they don't want to. Not little, very noticeable. Yeah, very noticeable. My bad, my bad. But um, they got this thing going on in their head and they don't want to like associate with women outside of their race. And like, you'll see like interracial couples, like you'll see brown kids, Hispanic kids, black kids, Asian kids, like they're all mixed up together, but it's rare that you ever see them with a white person. And like, Mm -hmm. this doesn't only go for dating, this goes for friend groups as well. Mm -hmm. Like, There's just a very big margin where like, we have to question ourselves and our beauty and our own personalities. Like, does he like loud girls? Does he like girls who play sports? Like, does he like someone like me? Like, would he even consider me as an option? Mm -hmm. And it's just like mental torture. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, why do I have to change myself for the white man? I feel like those are normal things to think about, though. Like, like, oh, does he like girls that play sports? Like girls that are like loud or whatnot. But what's not normal is asking, like, oh, does he like black girls? Mm-hmm. Yes, like that's the point. Like, yeah. like if you have to ask yourself if you like a certain race, if you like discriminate against people because of their race, if you're you have a racial preference, that is where you are wrong. Racial because preference isn't even a. That's um, not a. If, if yeah. you have a racial preference, I'm doing air quotations for those of you who can't see me. But if you have a racial... Literally everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the thing is, racial preferences don't exist. And if you have one, you're kind of stupid. Because if you are discriminating against someone for some features that they didn't even have control over, like, I... I was born in the skin. I did not get to choose what skin color I was. I did not get to choose if I, my nose being long and big. I didn't get to choose any of my features. If you're discriminating against people for things that they can't control, that is where you're wrong. Because beauty is a spectrum. Beauty and, is subjective. Yeah. Everyone has their own interpretations of beauty. Yes, as one once said. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. <laughs> the cheesy <laughs> quote. <laughs> um, but as as cheesy as that is, it's really true. And I feel like, like to like Moji kind of said um, before, like the subconscious thought process of like this, like oh, like this, and then this, or does he like this? Does she like this? And all of this and that. It's kind of is it's it's mentally draining and also damaging because you're self-doubting your own appearance and your own capabilities as a person and I feel like it's it's definitely a really big thing like I was I was talking about it with Dr. BJ like um one time on a zoom like this whole idea like this whole colorism idea and then these these biases and um how difficult it is to like going like going down the what's it called like lat like ladder spectrum of like the thought like going down the thought process of like do I like this person but is this person this this and this it's like it's just so draining and I think it's just it's so prominent in in POC especially POC that tend predominantly white institutions because we're only surrounded by other white people I mean we're only surrounded by white people and then and like barely the anyone POC, and then the POC like end up dating each other like either someone of the same race or someone of a different race that's just not white because mm-hmm. like they don't really like 
this doesn't just go for white boys white girls do the same thing to like black boys brown boys asian boys um latinx boys like it's not just the it's not just men girls do it too subconsciously and then on top of that there's that snow bunny thing why mm-hmm. would you ever call yourself a snow bunny first of all why would you ever do that to yourself why are you limiting yourself like that like you can like black guys but if that's your only like type like you are just like limiting yourself and you're all it's also just turning into a fetishization because like mm-hmm. if you limit yourself to one race you are definitely fetishizing them and that's a conversation that needs to be had like I swear to god if I ever hear someone say that they're a snow bunny I think I might just like if, if someone ever says that to my face I will just explode because that's so terrible like yeah why are you even using that word I'm sorry it's just so cringy first of all second of all it's gross like yeah. you're so weird for that you made up a term for fetishizing black men do you mm-hmm. see where that's so wrong? weird that is so, so weird, weird. <laughs> i wanted to say this before so i'm a little late but i know when like like a big question that guys ask each other it's like blondes or brunettes and ah. that does not like that's just what if my hair is black what if my <laughs> hair is black that's just completely shutting out people of co- we're not completely and it's like even it like that the fact that that's such like a well-known question and it's a question that's asked so often shows the um not i'm blanking guys help me out bias yes yeah, shows the bias it's been a long day yeah no I agree I think and I think one thing is just like the whole preference idea in general like people mix they try to disguise their colorism their racism their implicit bias just their bias and ignorance in general as a racial preference preference whereas far as said racial preference um is not a thing um and there's it's just it's just annoying to kind of see people want to mask their just blatant racism as something else okay guys thank you so much for listening today um we hope you learned something and we hope you hey white people we hope you got something from this conversation moji and darren and i had because it's a very important topic and we hope that you derived some crucial information and crucial standpoints and we hope that you understood our point of view and we hope that you support us in what we're saying because that support is very important. So mm-hmm. with that, we're going to wrap up. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember to check out our Instagram at carephs. Check out our recent posts on Black History Month and the farmers' protest on in, in India. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Remember to follow- I love you guys. I love you guys so much. remember to press press that follow button everybody and listen to as we release bi-weekly so hope to see you and not see you but we hope you listen next time um thank you so much thank you guys for listening thanks for listening